Only the gentle are ever really strong. James Dean. what's up and welcome back to the coffee talk podcast today we're going to be doing a decaf brew which means we're going to be talking about wellness and i really wanted to talk today about loneliness in particular i've done a couple videos and a couple coffee talks before i'm not sure if they've ever been podcast versions but youtube versions that have talked about loneliness the difference between loneliness and aloneness and that whole criteria like i've done this topic before but i recently listened to a podcast episode actually by it's brene brown's podcast it's called unlocking us and she recently did a a full episode with Dr. Vivek Murthy and it was all about loneliness and I really I downloaded such good insight from this entire podcast episode which I basically formulated into my own notes but there it's really just like listen to this podcast episode after this if you'd like to if you really enjoyed today's topic because it's really just me sharing a lot of the insights that I myself made a lot of sense to me and also just in general, like the Dr. Vivek Murthy's, his findings. So he wrote a book about loneliness and that's why he is so knowledgeable about it. But it was so interesting hearing his perspective and it kind of formulated a lot of connections in my own like life, in my own brain. And I think that it's a very common and topic that really I think a lot of us might be feeling or experiencing on some level or in some way right now with being at home and with everything going on in the craziness of the world. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about loneliness. I, I put on my Eeyore sweater because I felt like he was fitting energy because I just want to make this a very safe space, a very open place where even if you're clicking on this and you're like, I'm not lonely, we all go through bouts of loneliness in our lives. And I guess I'll start right away with two main things that I, I feel like are the biggest takeaways that I've learned recently about loneliness, but that really kind of just surprised me and shocked me. And I think the first one was the fact that, so if you actually look at a lot of graphs, which I, I actually have one, I'll pop it up on the screen if you're watching the video version, but if you're not, it's basically a graph that just breaks down the difference between how many people are feeling lonely in different generations. And the generations of millennials and Gen Z are some of the loneliest or we're seeing a huge just increase in the amount of people that are feeling lonely. And that is coming from, so my graph in particular that I found, it was like a 50% for uh, the baby boomers. And then it was like millennials were up to like 71, 72%. And then Gen Z, I think was even just 74, a little bit more. So it's safe to say that the science is saying that our generations, guys, this is us. This is anyone between the ages of 39 and eight years old are feeling lonelier than our parents and our grandparents did and our ancestors did. And I think that there's a lot of reasons why. I think that's a, that's also just a really interesting fact given the fact that technology has obviously increased. And a lot of us tend to think, you know, with technology and with being connected online, 
that that could actually help people with loneliness, and it definitely can, but science is showing that we are lonelier than our parents were, and I think that there's a lot of insight that I have to talk about today as to why I believe that is. But the second thing that I found so interesting from this podcast, and this is probably my greatest takeaway, and I think it might be a huge one for any of you guys listening right now, is that there are three different types of ways that you can feel lonely, and this was such a almost kind of aha moment, but also grounding moment because you might feel lonely and not understand why. And this might break it down for you. So the three levels in which we can feel lonely are the first one being intimacy. So if you feel that you don't have like intimate relationships in your life. And a lot of the times, if you live with people, those are the people you are most intimate with. It doesn't necessarily mean romantic intimacy, though it definitely can. It's people that you completely take all the armor off. You completely take all of the, you know, a feeling like you have to try or feeling like you need to like be or be on. Like you can be off around these people. You can be emotional around these people. Those are the people that you get most intimate with, the people that you unpack the deepest parts of yourself. The second um, criteria in which, or connections, let's call them connections. The second type of connections that we can have in our lives are societal connections or support connections. So that tends to be friends as you move on in your life and you grow a little older and you move out of your family unit back at home that becomes your family. Those become the people that are your support system that you know you could call on them or talk to them or you make plans with them. And those tend to be that second criteria of like friendships and family and support systems. And then the third type of connection that we tend to experience in life or that helps balance out our connections in life is a feeling of belongingness or community. So a lot of the times that can come from where you came from, from where you live. If you live in a city or a community that you feel that sense of like empowerment from, but this is where I do think that technology can actually come in and also fill that gap because this is where we get a lot of our loneliness uh, or lack thereof if you're trying to kind of overcompensate for any kind of loneliness in your life or feeling like you don't know where you belong. I'm speaking from experience. I feel like when I discovered this or listened to this podcast, I was like, that makes sense because I've never really felt that sense of loneliness in the community aspect because not only do I live in a city that I love so much, but I also online with you guys, we've created this community. So that part of me feels very fulfilled. I feel very connected there. So we'll dive more into that in a second because I feel like there's a lot of truth there that we can unpack that might help anyone listening make more sense of their own feelings of loneliness or periods of loneliness or chapters of loneliness. But I think that it's also really important to note this and this is coming from somebody that I, I suffer with of or have suffered with and deal with and still suffer with actually ebbs and flows, but a lot of mental health issues. And I think again, too, when you look at the science, it's saying that a lot of people are, or the graphs are showing that more people in our generations are also experiencing more mental health issues. Now I, those graphs, I mean, maybe even the loneliness graph is something that we can talk about here because I think that it's also the fact that there is more acceptance of these things and that is a very very beneficial thing for us that more people are talking about these things more people are feeling open and we're breaking the stigma one day at a time over the shame that comes from admitting that you might deal with something mentally that might you might have any kind of suffering that comes from your brain or your mind or the way that you perceive the world or the loneliness you feel in your heart or 
you know, the emotions that you feel in your gut, like we're starting to really embrace those things and break the stigma that that is a shameful thing at all. And I think that that might also be why we see more people struggling with it today, that maybe it's actually not that more people are struggling with it. Just more people are open about it. That's kind of up for debate, you know, but the one thing that is very, very clear, and this is what Dr. Vivek Murthy need to make sure I get that right. One of the things that he talked about that I found very insightful was he made such a connection to loneliness and feelings of anxiety, of depression, or formulating these types of, you know, mental suffering in a lot of ways that is actually can be stemmed from or threaded to loneliness. And again, that makes so much sense. If you take those three blocks in which we can build connections, like meaningful connections in our lives, and you take any of those blocks away, that could lead to a feeling of loneliness, a feeling of inadequacy, a feeling of self-esteem issues. Like, let's break that down for a second. If you have a community, let's say, that you feel you don't belong to, if you grew up in a family that you felt kind of like the black sheep or you just don't feel that sense of belonging or community in your life, that can lead to self-esteem issues. That can lead to survivally. Like when you break down our entire ancestry of humans, it is built into your DNA to need to belong to a pack because that makes you feel safe. If you're off on your own, it's going to be a lot harder to fend for food. It's going to be a lot harder to survive or to defend yourself against any kind of attack. You know, that that is not just you feeling like, lost in your mid twenties or whatever it is, that is literally part of you. It's a part of your DNA. It's a part of what makes you human. And so that could lead to self-esteem issues that can lead to thinking, well, what's wrong with me that I feel like I don't have a place to belong. Or if you feel like, you know, you don't have a lot of support or friendships or people that you can call on or people that you love to hang out with or support you in the things that you're doing again, that can lead to that feeling of like anxiety. I've got to do it all myself. I've got to figure it all out for myself. It can lead to depression. It can lead to all of these different feelings of internalizing that. And same again too, and this is a big one. If you don't have intimate relationships, if you don't have people that you actually mesh with, gel with, like connect with on those deep ass levels that you feel like you can just be yourself and take all that armor off. If that's missing in your life, what your brain is going to do And it's kind of amazing when you think about it, but our brains are trying to fix all of the problems because it just doesn't want us to feel uncomfortable. And in today's world, that can be very overwhelming and very overstimulating when we have so many messages and so many outside things that are triggering our bodies to feel like we should be uncomfortable, that we are, are not safe. And these can be things that you're aware of or things that you're not aware of. So you might not have noticed that you weren't having deep, intimate relationships in your life. You might not have noticed that you don't know what community you really vibe with, or if you have a sense of belonging or any of the things we've talked about really. So it could be that your brain has been trying to fix this problem that you might not have even seen or been able to really pin down in that way. And because your brain is trying to fix that problem, a lot of the times our brains internalize these problems. We think, okay, it must be me. It must be that I'm not good enough. It must be that I don't do enough, that I don't work hard enough, that I'm not likable, that I'm not lovable, that I'm not a friendly person, a warm person, a nurturing person. You know, your brain really just wants to find that answer to try and fix it so that you can get on it. And it's really just, It's mind boggling when you start making these connections because it makes a lot of sense. So let's unpack lonely really quick. And I know that that's kind of an uncomfortable thing to do, but bear with me because I think that if you're feeling any kind of 
emotions coming up by talking about these things right now, know that you're probably going to feel pretty good by the end of today's episode. I'll put that out there because I mean, I myself uh, listening to this podcast and breaking down those types of connections in such a way really helped me realize where I was actually feeling lonely because again, what I find so interesting is you can be surrounded by a ton of people. You can be in a home, like a home, (laughs) a home with a ton of people. You could have a great support system of friends and family, but still feel alone. Or you could have a community and still feel alone. You could have a significant other. You could have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, an intimate relationship with maybe people you live with or anything like that, but still feel a sense of loneliness. And so I think that it's so interesting because there is a really big difference between what it means to feel lonely and what it is to be alone. So loneliness is a lot different from isolation or from, like I said, aloneness from being on your own in a singular way where you're, you know, you're reading or you're enjoying a nice cup of coffee or you're going for a walk by yourself. That doesn't necessarily mean you're lonely. And I think that that's where that stigma can come in. Sometimes I always got, I guess still get so many questions about the vlogs that I've done where I've traveled alone, I've gone for, I love actually going for food by myself and bringing a good book, um, doing specific things that I really truly do enjoy just doing on my own. And one of the biggest questions I always get is like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that without feeling lonely? And I think that it's really for one, that first pillar of loneliness is you don't just have to make intimate connections with other people. You can also build a very deep and intimate connection with yourself. But I still think that you, you need, you need, we all need that sense of intimate connections with other people. So yeah, that's like a big, there's a big difference between being alone because you can be completely alone and not feel lonely at all. You can feel completely fulfilled by your own company, but it's only and usually when you feel all of those other components to be kind of checked off in your life, even if it's not in the present moment. In a lot of ways, loneliness is feeling like you need more connections than that that are available to you. So like I said, you take somebody, let's take a scenario here. We've got two people in a restaurant. One person is sitting with four other friends. One person is sitting completely alone. You don't know which one of those two is actually more lonely. Let's use the scenario that the person with other friends is more lonely than the person that is alone. Well, why is that? The person that's alone might not actually feel lonely because their need for connection to intimacy or other people might be fulfilled by their home life, their connection or their feelings of strong relationships with their friends and their family are present in their life. And they feel they have a sense of belonging or community that they, that they belong to. So as they're alone enjoying this dinner, there's no sense of like, unsafety that's coming or doom that's coming from their inner self that says, I should feel bad about this. I should feel shameful. I should feel alone right now. They're feeling completely fulfilled. You take the person that's sitting at the table with four others. Let's say these four other people are acquaintances. They're people that they hang out with, but they don't have strong relationships with. And that's the important component is that you can have friends or people around you, but if they're not good friends, they're not good quality relationships that's a big red flag to your brain, to your heart, to your inner being, to your spirit that says, Hey, I'm around a bunch of people, but I've never felt more unseen or misunderstood in my life. And that person in the restaurant with four other people, they could be laughing, whatever, whatever. And that person could also have strong relationships, but in our scenario, let's say that they don't, that person 
has an area of their life that they're feeling very lonely and lost. They're surrounded by people, but they feel invisible. They feel unseen. Or let's say they think that they belong to their home family or their home life or a sense of belonging there. But again, they feel like unseen. They feel unheard. They feel like they don't have strong connections with the people around them. And this has happened even in relationships in my own life where it's felt like relationships or if you're dating somebody and you're building this foundation in which you would build that relationship on, but you can build a really strong foundation and then you start doing the framework and then you hit this point where it's like, we're not communicating anymore. We're not connecting anymore. And that happens normally in a lot of the relationships in our life. But when that goes on for a very long time, you're not building a very strong house. And all of a sudden you're feeling like, okay, I have a relationship, but I've never felt more sad, alone, single, any other feeling that you might experience here. So that is how loneliness and aloneness can completely differ. It has very little to do with the amount of people that are actually physically around you. So what makes the bank with a good relationship? Like what criteria are we looking for then when we're out there and we're building connections and we're building relationships with other people? And from what I gathered, the strongest part is the ability to just be yourself. And that is really the main component to building strong relationships. And this is something that I think we're hearing a lot more about. I also can tie this into, I recently listened to the power of vulnerability. And again, that book like broke me down in so many ways, but I was just like, wow, this is so powerful because it's so true. It's in those moments where you feel like you can be vulnerable, where you can be fully seen as you are for who you are and how you feel that creates those strong bonding moments. And I'm just gonna, can I have like a proud mom moment right now really quickly? Am I allowed to do that? I think that's why in our community here, like everybody that comes on to either the Coffee Talk podcast or like the Co's channel or my channel, my personal channels, any platform really, it's why I feel like there's this really strong sense of like community and bonding there because I've always felt like not only one, I can be vulnerable, but everybody kind of reflects that vulnerability back to me and tells me their stories and starts communicating with one another. And it's such a beautiful thing because again, I didn't realize why that community built so strongly. I was always kind of having this imposter syndrome of like, oh my God, like I, 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 I didn't build that. Like it was just luck. It was just luck. And then it took a lot of therapy for me to realize like, no, it was actually being out there. It was being vulnerable that made room for other people to be vulnerable, which builds stronger connections. And you can do that online. If you use technology in the right way, you can do that with friends and family by showing up when you need them and also showing up to support them. And you can do that in intimate relationships by, like I said, taking that armor off and just being you, just being as you as you could possibly be. And that requires vulnerability. I think that's also a testament as to why we might be seeing a lot more loneliness in today's world where yes, we're more connected, more connected than ever before, but there's a missing ingredient of vulnerability. There's that missing ingredient of, okay, we're all connected, but there's kind of this, and not all the time, but I'm, I'm speaking very generically right now, but online there's kind of this blanketed sensorism of trying to show the best, happiest foot forward all the time. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, friendships aren't just built on sadness and needing each other and, and only vomiting all of our ugly feelings out. It comes from also supporting the good times. So it's not that 
anyone should ever feel guilty or bad about expressing when things are great. But that missing component is where's the other side of the pancake, you know, like where is when you're feeling low and down and nobody has to do that online, but it's just a, a thought starter that it's not commonly done online, which is a could be a big component as to why our generations are feeling more lonely because we're super connected, but not being super vulnerable and that missing ability to be vulnerably yourself, to just show up as who you are, how you feel and feel accepted, heard, or at least created some space for and validated in that type of way can create that sense of, I feel lonely, even though I'm surrounded or connected to thousands, millions, or even just 10 people. Let's continue down that journey of technology a little bit, because I think another thing that's really important for us to keep in mind is that I do this, but it is the concept of, I think that sometimes we also use technology to replace deeper connections or building stronger, more vulnerable connections with other people. By that, I just mean like, how many times have you just texted somebody rather than pick up the phone and call them? Often more than not, right? And I, I don't think again that that's a bad thing. I think it just becomes troublesome when that's all we do, when we never pick up the phone or slowly but surely stop picking up the phone or stop FaceTiming one another. And I think that that's kind of one of the beautiful things that's going on in the world right now is it's really kind of put us in a position where we're picking up the phone more, we're FaceTiming people more. And even the people that you might not have seen for months or weeks or days on end, our connections are getting stronger. And the reason why is because we're using technology in a good way. We're not using it to just text each other to be like, yo, I'm alive. And it's like, thanks, I am like, I'm alive too, what's up? It's like, we're actually using technology to see each other's faces, which is so important in terms of building that sense of trust and vulnerability, because it's really hard to do. You can do it on the phone, but I find it's even better. Well, it is even better. Like scientifically, you need that sense of body language. You need to see expressions. You need to see the other person. It's a big component into building that strong connection. And that comes from so many different things. It comes from, you know, when you're talking to somebody and you notice them mirroring you subconsciously, you're liking them more. You're not doing it consciously, but when someone mirrors you, when someone expresses with their emotions in their face, that they understand what you're saying, that they're hearing you, that they are listening to you, that is what builds a strong connection. That is what builds a strong relationship. So when we just rely on texting or even worse, and this kind of freaks me out sometimes too, because I used to think I was the problem, but when you just rely on like tagging people in things or like sending funny memes and stuff. I remember I used to have FOMO on that. Like I used to be like, I just don't, I don't send memes to people. I need to start sending more memes. And I remember like putting this pressure on myself to like tag people in more things and stuff. But, and it wasn't because I, I, I wasn't thinking of them. And I think that that is kind of like a cool way to be like, yo, this reminded me of you. But I think it's just more so that I wasn't really actually looking at memes myself, but yet I felt this feeling of like, oh, okay, my, my relationships would be stronger if I started tagging people in memes. And it's like, no, my relationships would be stronger if I picked up the phone and called or FaceTimed you. Like it's, you're gonna get way more out of that than just tagging people in funny memes. Again, this is not a black and white subject. This is not to say stop doing that. It's like anything that allows people to let them know that you were thinking of them is gonna build that relationship. It's just, if you want the quality and the strength, you've gotta fill it out in other ways. There needs to be that face-to-face -face, or if there can't be that voice-to-voice -voice 
kind of connection in order to build that stronger relationship, that stronger sense of trust and that stronger bond. The other really tricky thing to note about our generations with technology and social media in particular, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, it's really kind of down to how you use it, but very generally, a lot of the messaging that comes with social media, a lot of the messaging that comes with media in particular is very much based in a lack or scarcity mindset which is again, subconsciously, just like when someone is mirroring you and you don't realize that that's actually making you enjoy their presence more, these messages also subconsciously come in and start to tell us that we're not enough. You're not consciously deciding that you don't feel good about yourself. You're getting messages that are telling your subconscious and are downloading into your subconscious that you need the latest this, you need to get plastic surgery, you need to look like this, you need to own these things, you need to have wealth, to have power, to have all of these things that are very external. And in order to get those external things, you have to just like, hustle and work and like kind of like go into that every man for himself mentality or which ends up just breaking off a lot of the relationships in your life as well or that type of you're not good enough blah 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 blah. if it doesn't cause you to then feel this anxiety to chase external things what it usually can also sidestep into is breaking down your self-esteem is making you feel like you're not good enough that you're not worthy the thing with both avenues that that can take and those are only two of the many avenues that being on social media can take okay that doesn't mean you're destined to feel one of those things but if you ever have and we all might feel it on some degree or another the thing about both of those mindsets is the okay every man for himself i'm just gonna go live my independent life like leave my friends and family behind chase my dreams and go after wealth power and possessions in order to feel validated is going to cut off a lot of the relationships in your life because you're prioritizing external validation and things that you're trying to acquire in your life really over the strong relationships in your life and thus you're going to feel lonely even if you end up getting successful and this is such a common thing we know this that how many people have been millionaires billionaires or the most successful singers the most successful whatever you want and they feel lonely or they have these tragic storylines or end up going into depression or rehab or all of addiction and all of these things because that strong connection of relationships is missing the other avenue that your brain can sometimes take, which is, I'm just not good enough, what's the point in even trying? Like, it really breaks down your self-esteem, it breaks down the foundation within yourself, that value, that sense of I am valuable just because I exist, not because I need to have the latest this, or go get plastic surgery to look like this, or whatever, have this much money in the bank, like um, take this amount of like hot Instas, or have all of these hot followers, or whatever, that, mindset breaks down your self-esteem. And when that breaks down your self-esteem, when you have low self-esteem and you don't feel good about yourself, it becomes very difficult to actually build strong connections in your life and strong relationships or to withhold and to keep them up, you know, to stay in contact with other people. And I'm saying this one from experience has been a big side effect of my own depression in life. And my own self-esteem issues in life is that I am a withdrawler. Like, I'm just like, okay, like when life kicks me, sometimes I'm just like, okay, shut the doors and windows. I need to like go back into myself, which can be a very healing thing, but it can also become a form of escape. And when you're not showing up in the world because you don't feel good about yourself, then you're really kind of missing a lot of opportunities to strengthen relationships or to build new relationships in your life, which then kind of 
feeds into that loneliness. So those are just two things to be very mindful of because especially with social media, these are two things that as long as we're mindful of them, then we can stop them from dictating how we live our lives or how we feel about ourselves subconsciously. So I have a quick question for you and you don't have to write it down. I mean, you can, but really quickly, I just want you to take a second and think about your top three priorities in life. Just like, I'll wait, don't just, sit here, rock back and forth. I think I have a coffee actually downstairs I could probably go get. Just think about it for a second. What are your top three priorities? All right, I'm back, coffee in hand. Gonna take a quick sip. I hope you have your three priorities ready. So this is kind of a fun little trick. I think that most of us would probably have answered that question with friends and family being one of the top three, right? It might be like, okay, friends and family, self-care, self-growth of some aspect, and maybe you wanna chase a career dream, you know, travel the world, or be a good person, or like make the world a better place, whatever your top three priorities are, but odds are friends and family were probably one of the top three, as well as any form of self-growth or like the relationship with yourself, right? But then it's interesting because when you actually look at the way that you live your life, like what priorities do you live by? most of us, not all of us, but most of us spend our lives prioritizing work, prioritizing anything that's going to drive us closer to success. And I put air bunny quotes around success because I think that everybody's definition of success is very different. But what is sold to us in a lot of messaging in today's media as success is that sense of wealth, of power, of possessions really. And so we might not realize it because like I said, these things get very downloaded into our subconscious. We are spending the majority of our time, our precious time and the majority of our energy, our very precious energy living with the priority or through the priority of doing success, working, all of that as number one or filling in the top three. So even though consciously you can have friends and family or self-growth in your top three, to know that and then to actually take action on that and to live by that are two completely different things. And that's not to make anybody feel bad about themselves if they're out there just like hustling right now and feeling like they don't have time for friends and family. Like it's very eye-opening because I think that, I mean, we all have time. We all have the same amount of time in the day as every single, every person that watches this, every person that listens to this, every person you know, think of, we all have the exact same amount of time in a day. And we all, I mean, energy isn't the same way because I think there's ways to generate energy. There's that's a whole different just avenue that we can tangent on, but we all have this exact same amount of time. And despite what we're going for or what we're trying to create in our lives, if you think about it, what could really be more important than creating strong relationships in our lives? And that is, I think, where a lot of the messaging in today's media is missing is that success can be whatever you decide it to be, but a big component of true fulfilling like wholesome success in your life is gonna come from having strong relationships in your life and strong connections in your life. And I think that the world's kind of learning that a little bit right now that we're not results oriented people, that we're very relational, like we're relational people and that's what makes us feel successful, not external validation of any sort. But it's a hard lesson to learn because I think that it is so embedded in today's culture that 
you have to do, 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 that you have to work, that you have to strive, that you have to be successful to feel powerful, to have any kind of influence before you're allowed to feel good about yourself. And even when you get there and you get that thing or you, you know, conquer that dream, you're still kind of like empty or you're unfulfilled. And I think that that comes from the fact that success is being labeled or defined completely wrong. And it's really just having successful relationships in our life that is going to make us feel the most fulfilled in all of those different avenues that we already discussed, like community, friendships, your family, your significant others, and yourself. The thing that can often happen too in that pursuit of success in the wrong term can also feel to, like I said, you hit these moments of gaining a little bit of that success, but being like, oh, that's weird. It doesn't feel as fulfilling as I thought. I must need more. And that's another big common pattern that we see in today's culture and society and world and online. And again, even in my own life experience of feeling like, oh, like that didn't really feel good. What can I get next? Or by the time you even hit that point of like, you've conquered that goal, you're already thinking about the next thing you want because you already feel unfulfilled by it or it doesn't hit the way you thought it would, you know? The thing that can be a little dangerous with that or, you know, kind of a letdown with that in a lot of ways is that that strive for more is always missing that component of self-reflection of that big elephant in the room that it's like you actually don't need more of anything or if you were to need more of anything it's really that you need more strong connections in your life that's what's missing that's the component that's not letting you feel fulfilled by all the other things you're doing and it's not to devalidate the things that you have accomplished in your life like if you are working really hard to be successful it's not one or the other you don't have to choose okay i'm going to go for strong relationships which means i'm no longer going to chase my dreams this is like a a shout from the mountaintops truth that like to chase, chase your dreams, chase whatever's going to make you happy in this life. But know that one of the biggest components of what's probably going to make you happy, or at least give you a sense of stability and joy and fulfillment in your life is going to have strong relationships. So yes, chase that dream, do whatever it is that you want to do, start that side hustle, all of that. But just, I think that self-reflection is so key to be aware of why are you doing it? And is it because you enjoy it? Or is it because you're chasing that wealth, reputation, possession, power? And when you are doing it because you get a sense of fulfillment for it, like if you're a painter or a writer or someone who's super passionate about business or anything like that, and that fulfills you up, then just make sure that you're always keeping that friends and family in that top three priority system in your livable priorities, not just your mental action items, you know, not just being like, oh yeah, like friends and family are my number one priority, but then not living out that truth. So when you keep that balance of like chasing your dream, but also keeping strong relationships in your life, then that's going to be really the cocktail that makes you feel fulfilled and the antidote to loneliness. And I want to hit something home, like really hit this home for younger me. And I want to hit this home for those of you guys that are out there that have that exact same mindset that younger me used to struggle with. And it's this idea that you need to have a ton of strong relationships and or just a ton of relationships in general. And again, this is something that to all of my fellow introverts, like um, it can be, again, that feeling of feeling like you're inadequate or not good enough or that there's something to be shameful of when you don't have like the biggest friend group or the biggest community or the biggest whatever in your life. And I I struggled with this from high school all the way through into my 20s of feeling like 
I would go and like be on Pinterest or people that I'd follow online that would have like these huge parties of just like so many people and like so many friends. And it used to make me feel inadequate. It used to make me feel like I'm just introverted naturally by nature. So even though I wasn't holding that up with everything else to be like, oh, but really though, when I go to those parties and I do those things, like I don't feel fulfilled by it. I wasn't putting that into perspective, but I think it's also the fact that, and this is so, so, so important because another huge question that I get a lot or a request that I get a lot is like to do a video on how to make friends, like how to build more friendships. And I can definitely do that. But Let me tell you that there is so much to work with where you've like who you already have, you know, and I know that that might be not the case for absolutely everybody, but for the vast majority of us, we do have relationships in our lives that could use some tending to. And if you were to start tending to those relationships, you can build strong connections that you already have in your life. You don't need to go out and meet a whole new society, a whole new community, a whole new pack of friends. And this is really important because I think that the other very interesting thing about our generation is that we live in a very disposable generation. I was talking about this with Larissa, Larissa, I was talking about this with Larissa recently, also a tongue twister. We were talking about how everything is so disposable. Like when you think about it, I grew up in the era where it was like you buy a camera, disposable camera, like they literally called it disposable camera and you take your pictures and you dispose of the camera. And I think that that mindset has really kind of sunken its teeth into a lot of the things in our generation where everything is so disposable, where you buy things just to take a picture in it and then you never wear it again, or you buy things just to like, just for the novelty of it. And then you, it just goes unused and you throw it out and you toss it out and we just throw things out and throw things out. And it's so detrimental to our environment, but I think it's also very detrimental to our mental health when it starts playing a role in relationships. And this is not to say that like you can't find your love. Like if you're in a relationship that's not making you happy, whether it's a friendship or a intimate relationship or romantic relationship, or if people have wronged you in your family, if you don't feel like you connect with your community, it's not to say that you can't go soul searching and find new people and connect and build new brand new connections. But I just think that it's super interesting how quickly we can be so disposable with even friendships where it's like somebody does us wrong. And where's that sense of forgiveness? Where's that sense of like, Oh, okay. I can, I can empathize with why you chose to do this. And it's not to say that you should let people treat you wrong. You shouldn't ever. But I think when somebody comes to you with a very honest and authentic apology that we shouldn't be so disposing of our relationships that we shouldn't always be so quick to just find the new friend to find like something brand new, because that is what's kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of a problem with our generation of thinking like, okay, well this one's old, this one's been used. This has been, this has officially lost its sense of value to me. So I'm just going to go get a brand new one. And that can happen a lot in relationships and in our connections in life. And so Yes, I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting to outsource some new friends and to meet new people because I think that's how we grow. The more people that you see yourself reflected in, the more you grow and evolve as a person and vice versa with the other people. I just think that it's so important to keep in mind that not only one, you probably have very strong connections around you that you can turn to and start nurturing like right after you finish listening to this and you'll feel better. You'll feel more elated. You'll feel that sense of like if you are feeling lonely, it'll take that sting away because it's really the antidote. 
but it requires you being vulnerable, which is not always comfortable and also sometimes not always accepted by other people in our lives. Like maybe it's not always the most welcomed environment to be vulnerable and that's fair. But I also want to say to all of you guys listening that it also doesn't need to be a wide range of super strong connections. Like you're going to go through phases in your life where sometimes, and those are going to be the best times, all three of those sections that we just spoke of when it comes to loneliness and building connections will be accounted for in your life and you won't feel lonely. But all of us, every single one of us will probably go through phases where one of those areas of connections is missing or is, isn't being fulfilled in some way. And so it's just important to know that you don't need to have like 12 really strong friends. You need a few strong connections in all of those areas. You need a community. You don't need 10 communities. You just need one and you don't need 1200 friends on Facebook or whatever. That was even dated for me to say, cause I don't really use Facebook, but, um, you really just need like a few good friends, like a few good friends that you can call up in times of need or to connect with or family members even. And you don't need, I mean, I think we all kind of hopefully know this, but you don't need like five boyfriends or you don't need the, like, you don't need a ton of super deep intimate relationships in your life. You really could just use one, let's say two, because I do think that that intimate relationship with ourselves is also super important, but it just, it is to say that you don't need to be surrounded by a ton of people. In fact, I think that everybody's different in that way. Some people are, but most of us actually aren't. And introverted, extroverted, whatever you want to call it, it really is just about the quality of the relationships, not the quantity. That's the point I'm trying to hit home here. All of the friendships, all of the deepest connections that I've made in my life weren't because I was out seeking them. It was because I met them through the connections I already had, through having stronger connections with the people around me, which built into experiences where you meet other people, you know, that energy, that law of attraction, you'll attract it into your life when you start working on the relationships and the quality of connection within your relationships that are in your life right now. And if there's one takeaway out of all of this and the biggest thing that I would say, or biggest piece of advice I would say in terms of building stronger connections and relationships in your life, it is to be vulnerable because that vulnerability, that ability to just be so yourself and show up completely as you are and who you are and how you feel is what allows other people to trust you. And trust is the biggest, like biggest portion of the foundation in which you build strong connections with or build strong relationships on because without trust, there really isn't much else. So you can fall in and out of love with people. You can go through phases of being really close and really kind of not so close with people. But as long as you have trust, that strong connection and that strong relationship will always be there. And then also to reach out to people and let them know that you're thinking of them and let them know that you're there for them. Because like I said, our generations are the loneliest, which means that if you yourself are experiencing loneliness, or even if you're not, odds are you probably know somebody that's close to you that's also feeling this way, even if they aren't expressing it. And most people aren't. So I think that it's also really important to 
keep in mind to reach out to people and just be like, Hey, I'm thinking of you or like, Hey, like let's put something on the calendar. Like let's FaceTime, let's do this, let's do that. And let other people know that you are thinking of them, that you are there to support them as well. And in doing that and in really kind of taking the effort and initiative to start working on those relationships right now, or continue working on those relationships in your life right now, that is going to help you build stronger relationships overall. And it's also going to help, especially too, if you're reaching out to other people and you find out like, Hey, like we're both kind of feeling this sense of loneliness, or even if they're not, I think that just putting other people first which in today's video and today's criteria is really the takeaway from this is to be vulnerable and to put other people first, to put the relationships in your life up on that priority list of yours and then live through your actions to back that up. And that will, like I'm telling you, it'll be your antidote to loneliness. You will no longer feel that sense of, okay, I'm, I'm surrounded by people. Why do I still feel lonely? Like I'm connected online. Why do I still feel lonely? It'll come from there. It'll come from building out those relationships, seeking out those relationships, working on the ones in your life, and then also being open to new ones as well. Like I said, I know that not all environments are open to that sense of vulnerability, but also just keep in mind I'll tell you as somebody that has again experienced this in her own life, um, that when you are vulnerable, even when maybe nobody has told you to be or has opened it up for you to be, it really kind of sets the tone or creates space for others to be vulnerable too. So if there's a relationship in your life that you feel is kind of hard for you to show up in your, as who you are or be vulnerable, maybe just put the first effort out there, like put yourself out there, be vulnerable and allow that space for the other person to then mirror it back to you and be vulnerable back with you. And that comes with a lot of courage. And maybe I can do a full video on the courage it takes to be vulnerable and how to even do that. But if you want a good place to start, I would start there. So there you guys have it. Those are all of the things that I wanted to talk about today in terms of loneliness and just all of the ideas that really got sparked from listening to that podcast. It was so, so good. I highly recommend it. I'll leave it in the show notes in case you guys do want to give it a listen. And also for those of you guys out there, just know that if you are feeling especially especially in that third component of like, I don't feel like I belong anywhere. I have a community. I, I think that that's why I have such a strong force inside of my being to create such a community online, because I get that. I know what that feels like. I feel like in a lot of ways, um, I kind of felt like the black sheep growing up in my own family and missing that sense of belongingness in some ways as well, which is kind of what led me to creating this online community. So just know that you always have a community here. You're always welcome here and whoever you are, however you are, however you feel, whatever you deal with, whatever you, however you live your life, as long as you're not hurting other people, you'll always have a space here on, in this Coase community. Um, I know that that's really corny to say, but I think that sometimes people just need to hear it, that there's a place that they belong, but just know that if you are out there feeling lonely in any of the other aspects of your life, that, you know, everybody goes through periods of this. Everybody goes through phases of this and it's just, I think that just like breaking down the stigma of mental health, that also includes loneliness. And we need to break that stigma of feeling shameful for feeling lonely or feeling like it's something that's wrong with us or that we've done wrong or that we're not likable or lovable because that is definitely not the case. It's just an uncomfortable period of life that will teach you a lot and will force you outside of your comfort zone. So just hang in there and work on the relationships that you've already got in your life. And I'm telling you this chapter 
won't last as long as you think. And when you kind of show up with that sense of self-compassion for yourself, for why you feel lonely or how you feel lonely, that again, it kind of creates that space for change and for a pivot and for new energy to enter your life. So that's all the tangents I'm gonna go on today. I hope you guys got a little something out of today's coffee talk. And as always, leave any of your thoughts, conversation starters, stories, anything you wanna share down below. And I will see all of you guys in the next coffee talk. Bye guys.